So this morning I want to talk about the resurrection. The resurrection never gets old. Amen? Amen. And uh, this morning, the title of my message is Trust in the Risen Christ. And if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, you know, this last week I went to Texas and uh, worshipped with uh, our son and daughter-in-law, Trevor and Mary, at their church that they're going to in McKinney right now. You know, one one thing I know, and they were in a mega church. They haven't joined this church, but they're going here there for for uh, the time until they find a house to buy. But nobody had a Bible. <laughs> they, you know, a lot of them had their devices, but nobody had a Bible, and nobody was singing. I mean, it was just a, a spectator service. It was all taking place on stage. And so I hope you've brought your Bible. If you haven't brought your Bible, I encourage you to make it a habit to bring God's word with you uh, on on Sunday morning. All right? And so we're going to be in John chapter 20, and we're going to look at verses 24 through 29 in particular as we look at the life of Thomas. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, if there was ever a case for not missing church, this is the passage, okay? Because on that first Lord's Day, when Jesus rose from the grave, the Bible says Thomas wasn't there. He had missed out. And so now the it's that same Lord's Day and the disciples catch up with, with Thomas. We don't know why Thomas missed the first, the first Lord's Day, but uh, the disciples found Thomas and told Thomas, hey, Jesus is alive. And We're going to be looking at what Joseph said this morning, but it wasn't until um, the second time 
that uh, Jesus met with the disciples, that Thomas was there. But he, he missed out on a lot because he missed that first worship service, the Sunday when Jesus, the first Sunday when Jesus rose from the grave. And we read about that in verses 19 through 23. Um, and uh, you can read that in a, in a little while. But as far as Thomas is concerned, Thomas had experienced, Thomas had seen it all. He, he saw Jesus betrayed. He saw Jesus crucified. His, his heart's desire and dreams had been crushed when Jesus was crucified on, on Good Friday. And then having missed the Lord's resurrection on that first Sunday morning, Thomas has had a miserable week. You know, all the other disciples, they're full of hope. They know Jesus is alive. But for Thomas, he it's been a depressing week. He does not believe the news. And unless he can see for himself, he is not going to believe. <clears throat> My question to you this morning is how many times have you opted out of not going to church when you should have been there? Church, Christian, every time you have an opportunity to be with God's people in the the assembly of the believers, in the Lord's house with the other Christians, You need to opt in. You need to always be here because you don't know what you're going to miss out on. God may have a word for you that you desperately need on that Lord's day. And Thomas, he desperately needed to see that Jesus rose from the grave but he opted out at being with his friends on that resurrection day. And he paid the price all week long. Far too many people, and it impacts our spiritual life, our emotional life, and our relational life. God intends for you to be a part of God's family. God wants you to have a commitment to to the local church that Christ had to the local church, has for the local church. How committed is Jesus to the local church? Well, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 that Christ died for the church. Christ takes the church that seriously. And he wants us to have that same kind of commitment. And so we're going to learn from the text this morning 
that the, the risen Christ is calling you and I to trust him. Just as he's calling these disciples in this passage of scripture. And in that call to trust him, the first thing we see from this text is that Christ comes to grant peace to the disciples. Look at verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Isn't it interesting that for the disciples on that first Lord's Day who knew Jesus was alive, they were still behind a locked door. They were still living in fear. They were afraid that the same thing would happen to them that had happened to their Lord and Savior, Jesus. Jesus understands this. And so here it is, eight days later, that second, uh, that second Sunday, and Jesus comes to them, uh, goes through the locked door, and he says, peace be with you, in verse 26. Peace be with you. What does that mean? That's an expression of blessing and well-being. Jesus wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with his peace. He wants to bless you with his well-being. And this peace doesn't come from anybody or anything else. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. He promised his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus comes to his disciples and he's calling upon them to trust him. Peace be with you. Now, this idea of peace be with you, um, disciples are familiar with this phrase because look at verse 19. This is the first Lord's Day, okay, uh, that Thomas missed. Uh, chapter 20, verse 19, the Bible says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, okay, they're living in fear, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus could, stood, came and stood among them and said, said to them, Peace be with you. Jesus wants to express an, a blessing to his disciples and in the form of peace. 
Again, they needed this. Now, let's look at verse 20. Verse 20 says, And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He said, you don't have to be afraid, guys. I'm alive. See my hands. See my side. I have conquered death. It's me. I'm real. I am here among you. See. And when you see and believe that I am here, that I am with you, you're going to have that peace. That peace comes from believing all that Jesus did for us on the cross and believing that he has risen from the grave. Jesus's resurrection changes everything. You know, Good Friday was incredibly important, okay? Without the crucifixion of Christ, there never could be a resurrection. If Jesus hadn't been crucified, you know what? The Old Testament was a lie. Because the Old Testament was preparing the way for the Messiah, who was the Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus' ministry, Jesus' life was all about coming and becoming a man, but coming to die. And then, had he not been, had he not died, the Old Testament would be alive. Had he not rose from the grave, he would have been a liar as well, because Jesus said he was going to conquer sin and death. Three times he told the disciples, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life again. Had Jesus not done that, Jesus would have been a liar. He would not have been God. And all the claims that he had made about himself would be all for naught. And we would be wasting our time in this worship service this morning. Peace. This peace comes by believing that Jesus conquered sin and death. He defeated the greatest assault his enemies could marshal against him. His resurrection guarantees the resurrection of everyone who believes, who trusts in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. 
the resurrection of Christ deliver delivers man from his greatest fear death itself death is at the top of everyone's list who doesn't know Jesus but for those who believe believe that Jesus is alive believes that Jesus died for them you know what that fear doesn't have to be there any longer and Jesus' call to you and Jesus' call to me is to see and believe. Church, we need this. We need to be reminded of this every single day. We need to be reminded of this every single Lord's Day as God's people are gathered that Jesus is alive. And when we believe, we don't have to go through the kind of week that Thomas went through. <laughs> when he missed church. Uh, you know, because we know that Jesus is there for us. You know, so many don't have peace. I'm going to have the privilege to officiate Jeannie's service. I'm not sure when. Be in the next couple of weeks. But I know that as I share, there's going to be lost people there. And there is a stark difference between lost people and saved people in that service. Oh, the saved people, they've got tears in their eyes, okay? They're hurting too. They're mourning um, their, their sister in Christ. But they're not, they're not mourning for Jeannie, okay? They're mourning with a smile on her, their face because they know where their sister is. They're celebrating her being in the Lord's presence, But those who haven't believed, haven't placed their faith in in Christ, they have a hard time making eye contact with me. They're, they're, They're despondent. They're without hope. My friend, Jesus wants to give you hope. Jesus wants to give you his peace. That peace can come from nothing or nowhere else. Only the person of Christ. Not as the world gives. Jesus says, do I give to you my peace? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus died for you? Was buried in that tomb, but three days later he came back to life, conquered sin and death. This blessing of his peace that Jesus wants to give comes through faith in what Christ has done for us. So that's 
the first thing I want us to see in this passage of Scripture. And then the second thing I want you to see is that Christ comes to doubters with great patience. Jesus understands Thomas's heart. Jesus has heard Thomas's words. Oh, Jesus wasn't in that room when Jesus, when Thomas said those words. If I if if I don't put my hand in his side and his in his in his in my finger in his his hand, um, I will never believe. Jesus wasn't there when Thomas said that, but Jesus knew it. And yet here we see Jesus coming to Thomas in particular with great love, patience, and compassion. Look at verse 24 and 25. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the, of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Verse 27. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. I like what the 19th century Anglican uh, Bishop J.C. Riles said one time. He said, this passage was written for the special comfort of all true believers. The Holy Ghost knew well that the dull and the slow and the stupid and the doubting are by far the commonest types of disciples in this evil world. Who was he talking about? He was talking about all of us. You know, we struggle in believing. We know these things, okay? We're we're convinced of these things. But my, how life gets in the way. How the storms come. Where, where the dead ends and the, the dry holes and the potholes uh, come into our life. And, and we forget this. And church, we need to be reminded of this every single day. And especially as we come uh, on the Lord's Day uh, each, each time. <clears throat> One theologian described Thomas as... Um, the most unbelieving believer. He believed, but he had a heart of unbelief. Now, what was his heart like that week following the resurrection? It wasn't like the rest of the disciples. Thomas was despondent. Uh, Thomas was probably alone a lot. Uh, His spirit, his hopes and dreams had been crushed. And he hadn't seen what the rest of the disciples 
had seen. But for the others, it was a whole different week. Now, we don't have indication that Jesus had any more conversation with those those disciples between the first Sunday and the second Sunday, but those disciples knew that Jesus was alive. You know, as we look at um, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23, if you go to Luke chapter 24, uh, starting with verse 52, you read of another account that's not in John, but you're familiar with the story. And uh, it's with uh, followers of Christ who are heading back home to Emmaus. Their hopes and dreams had been crushed as well. But on that first Lord's Day, the Bible says that uh, Jesus came and was walking alongside of them. Wanted to know more about the conversation, the things that had occurred in Jerusalem. And uh, it was it was an incredible conversation. The followers of Christ begged Jesus to come to their house to know more. And uh, Jesus sat down with them. And he had the Bible study of all Bible studies that have ever taken place. He took them back to the Old Testament and reminded them, showed them what Jesus the reason why the Messiah was to come, what he was to accomplish, and the fact that he fulfilled all these prophecies. And uh, as Jesus was beginning to break bread with them, the Bible says the Spirit of God opened their eyes and they realized that they were in the Lord's presence. Jesus departed them, but they were, their heart burned with all that Jesus had shared with them. And they had to get up. They ran back to Jerusalem, got with the other disciples and said, Jesus is alive. And then at that point, Jesus entered and met with the other disciples as well on that first Lord's Day. But these disciples were full of hope. Thomas didn't have that hope. I mean, can you imagine the misery that Thomas is going? Have you ever been around a group of people who are excited about something, but you're absolutely miserable? And in fact, that that's feeding more into your depression. That's what was going on in Thomas's heart. Uh, this this week, uh, not having seen the Lord on that first Lord's day. And so here we see in John chapter 20, uh, the disciples are telling John, uh, Thomas that Jesus is alive. And Thomas says, unless I can put my finger in his wounds, I will never believe. Can you feel the bitterness, the despondency, the crushed soul that is impacting 
Thomas's life. A lot of us, we, we appreciate Thomas's Believers, I think I'm cutting out, but as believers, you know, it's good to be honest. When we're struggling in our faith, um, God doesn't want us to hide those thoughts. God wants us to be real. He doesn't want us to be fake, you know. Just fake it till you make it. No, he wants us to be genuine. And so one aspect, you know, I appreciate um, Thomas's honesty. But then in another way, you know, Thomas has a sinful heart. He's refusing to believe. Thomas has seen a lot already. He's, he's seen the, the death of, 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 of Jesus. He's seen Jesus do incredible miracles. He's seen Jesus raise the dead. Thomas has seen a lot. He has heard the testimony of his disciple, of his friends that Jesus is alive. He's heard Jesus' words. Jesus told others three times in Matthew, Mark, Luke that this was going to happen in his life. And yet Thomas has not believed. He continues to struggle in unbelief. So Thomas is sinning. Thomas is being honest. But Thomas's heart is in rebellion. The attitude of Jesus. The attitude of Jesus is tenderness, compassion, unconditional love. Enters that room and he makes a beeline to Thomas. He doesn't have a word of criticism. You know, he's not questioning Thomas, why will you not believe like the rest of the disciples? All these things that I've already done and, and said to you. No. He makes a beeline to Thomas and he says, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, Thomas, but believe. That's our God. Maybe you're here this morning You feel like Thomas. Everybody else is excited about the resurrection of of Jesus Christ, but it's not done anything for you. Oh, you might, you might believe it up here, 
But it hasn't gone here. It hasn't changed your heart and life because, because Jesus has disappointed you. I can't, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with people who are angry with God because God didn't answer their prayer. A loved one that they've been praying for, that God would heal, God didn't heal. In fact, they died. And like Thomas, you're bitter about that. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He's well aware of your heart, of your emotions, of your bitterness. Jesus isn't angry with you. He wants to you he wants to come to you at the very point of doubt. Jesus knew that Thomas needed to put his finger in his wound. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking, well, if Jesus would show up like that in my life, like he did in Thomas's life, yeah, then I'll, then I'll believe. Well, what does Jesus say? Verse 28, or verse 29, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas believed when Jesus showed him his wounds. And what was, what was Thomas's response? Thomas's response in verse 28. My Lord and my God. Thomas responded in faith. It was a seeing faith. It was an experiencing faith. But in touching Jesus, in seeing Jesus, Thomas believed. He believed personally. He believed publicly, and he said it with worship. Thomas called Jesus God. Jesus was God. Thomas's heart, mind was transformed. What he knew up here was now here. And he Worshipped. But Jesus says, Well, Thomas, blessed are you that you believe, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Only about 500 people that have seen the resurrection 
of Christ, both by sight and by faith. But for the rest of the Christians throughout Christian history, they haven't seen Christ. They have believed with their hearts. And Jesus says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. My friend, Jesus wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with his peace. Bless you with his promise. How do we obtain Jesus' peace? By believing what Christ has done for us. And believing is more than just head knowledge. Okay? The demons also believe that Jesus is real and they shudder. They're not, they're not Christians. Their, their lives haven't changed. But we're talking about a faith, a belief that says, okay, I'm all in. This Jesus, I'm taking Jesus seriously. I believe what he has done for, for me and I am claiming like Thomas claimed, my Lord and my God. I give up my old life and I am choosing to follow Christ for the rest of my life. That's the kind of faith that saves. And that only comes by the grace of God. Have you experienced Jesus in that way? You know, I'm afraid that there are many people in the church today who've grown up in the church and it's never gone from here to here. Until Jesus becomes your Lord and your God, that you are convinced in your heart of hearts that Jesus is God, that he conquered sin and death, that he had died for you, and that his shed blood covers all your sin. Until you believe like that, you're still lost in your trespasses and sin. when you believe God transforms God gives you that peace and you're not afraid of death death unless the Lord comes back early death has a undefeated record okay we are all going to die but we don't have to be afraid of that death. Jesus doesn't want you to be afraid of that death. Jesus is coming to you and saying, will you believe with your heart? You can't see it. You can't see it with your eyes. One day you will. Okay, Jeannie is in the Lord. She's with the Lord face to face today. But in the meantime, Jesus wants you and I to live by faith.
And as we live by faith, we have the peace of God. We all go through stuff. And that stuff has a tendency of taking our eyes off of Jesus. But Jesus hasn't changed. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. And he is with you. And for those who believe, have that peace. Peace be with you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this story. Thank you for Thomas's life, who is in his bitterness and disappointment was willing to admit what was going on in the inside. And I know that Thomas has nobody to blame but himself because he opted out on that first Sunday. But Jesus, I thank you that you didn't opt out on Thomas. You didn't give up on Thomas. And you met Thomas exactly where he was at. And in doing so, Thomas had an encounter. He cried out, my Lord and my God, exactly who you are, exactly who you want to be in each of our lives. Father, I pray if there's one here today who's not made that decision, they've been going to their church their whole life, but it hasn't meant anything. But today, they know that Jesus, you died for them. They know today that Jesus, that you live. And you want to replace that fear, those question marks, with your peace that passes understanding. Today, God, I pray, would be the day of their salvation. That they choose to believe and say, I'm all in. Lord, for others who are Christians, and God, life takes our eyes off of you. And they need that peace today. Jesus, you are patient. You are ever so patient and tender with each and every one of us when we disappoint you. God, bless them with your peace as they choose to believe once again. Thank you, Father, for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for every Lord's Day and the opportunity we have to gather and be reminded of all that you've done for us. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for the hope that is ours only in Christ. For the one who is without hope today, may today be that hope for them.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you